Welcome to Dad's a Spicy Meatball, the show where two tired dads separated by 845 impassable miles try to keep things silly, but inevitably get overly contemplative and often weird. Hello and welcome to the first ever interactive episode of Dad's a Spicy Meatball. I'm Scott Trockelman, one of your co-hosts. For the next set of instructions, please speak into your microphone to tell us what to do next. Prompt received, searching for meatball recipes. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not... You didn't want this podcast? Is that how you found us? Is that, Is that, that how you found, found us? us? Prompt received, ending episode now. Thanks for listening, <laughs> meatballs. We appreciate it. <laughs> Prompt received. Corey does impression of Texas woman at bake sale trying to buy bunt cake. Hey, y'all got a bunt cake? <laughs> Prompt received. Ah, okay. You would like to hear from my co-host, Mr. Corey Green. Oh, you're such a weird guy. I love this introduction. <laughs> Hi, it's Corey. Uh, and your you, your voice command has uh, deemed it time for me to speak. Thanks for being here. Prompt received. Yes, you want Corey it. to take his shirt off? Oh. Okay. Here he goes. There's no visual here. You're just going to have to take my word for it. There it goes. The shirt is gone. <laughs> your instruction was received. Oh, man. Where do, where do you come up with these things? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we don't talk about them beforehand, so I'm no. just left to... You know, audience, we can, we can meatballs, we... I'm having the same reaction that you likely are having right now, except I'm being chased by a hornet. Prompt received. I hear from your instructions that you want to hear Corey tell a story about his kid. <laughs> Said no one. That's how we know it's a robot. We know it's AI because no one... No one ever says, hey, Corey, man, it's been a while. I'd love to hear a story about your kid. I just tell them because it's the only thing I have interesting in my life right now. And it's not interesting. I was talking to somebody the other day. This is like a, you know, one of those business uh, turned friend acquaintances, but it's still kind of, it's not really turned friend. It's friendly. Anyway, and we haven't caught up in like, I don't know, six months or something. And within the first two minutes, we were talking about, uh, he was talking about his refrigerator and I was talking about my oven <laughs> and I was like, is this where we are in life? That this is the shit that we're now discussing. You got a new refrigerator, but it hasn't come in yet. I got a new oven cause I had to, and it hasn't come in yet. Oh, what a time. How's your life? Great. How's your life? Great. How's all your kitchen fucking utilities? What's the word? <laughs> They're not utilities. What are they called? Appliances. Uh, appliances. Dear Lord. How are you? Hey, you know, I'm doing better than you are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a safe assumption. (laughs) No, we've got a, you know, we've got, I guess we would call this Corey's second flu game is what we've got going on. I was trying to remember if I'd been sick on a, on one well, of these before. flu game one was when you had your wisdom teeth out and you powered oh, yeah. through it. Oh, yeah. Minus teeth. And everyone could hear the difference. Like everybody uh-huh. knew that you were missing those teeth all yeah. of a sudden. And like it, I mean, that episode was rough. So, I mean, we can call it the flu game, but it would be sort of like if Jordan scored like three and yeah. a single yeah. assist, you know, that kind of thing. He sucked. He was highly inefficient <laughs> and, and they ruined their chances to win. What do you call it again? What's the, this is boy, this is tough. This is one of these things. Okay. So because I am, 
a relatively tall person. I think people assume that I should be really good at basketball. I'm not. What do you call it when somebody is in the negative for their contribution? Like because of the amount of turnovers or things like that. What is that called? Well, there's a, there's an entire uh, statistical model called plus minus. Yes. Which is really, really simple, which is just basically is your team plus or minus uh, on the scoreboard during your time on the court. Got it. I thought there was just a term that people knew, and I just was one of the people who didn't know. Uh, a leech? A black hole? Oh, what's the Bill Simmons? Bill Simmons, man, he's really, he really like skyrocketed and then really hit a thud. He's really had a tumultuous up and down career. Um, anyway, he, he called it, he, he used to call them irrational confidence guys, uh, guys who jacked up a ton of shots that uh, did not hit a percentage that justified them shooting that much. Got it actually a beloved Dallas Maverick. Jason Terry is like the poster boy for uh, false confidence guys, but got it. Got, got to love him. But uh, that's not what you asked. That's not, <laughs> that's not what you asked. No, I was just curious. I just couldn't remember. So the thing I'm just dying to talk about right now, because it is just, I like couldn't sleep last night afterwards, wow. which is, have you, have you watched um, inside by Bo Burnham? Is that the one you sent me? I have not sent it to you yet. No. Is Bo, first of all, is Bo Burnham the Bo that you love watching? No, that's Bo Miles. Oh, that's Bo Miles. Different spelling. So we got my Bo. We got that Bo. All the inside. Just, if you're Bo tracking Burnham. meatballs, Bo Burnham is a comedian. Bo Miles, an adventurer and incredible human being. Bo Green, also an incredible human being, but also Corey's yeah, son. He's, he's three. <laughs> I can't give him too much credit at this point. Uh, I mean, he seems to know his colors pretty well uh animal sounds are on lock very mm-hmm. exciting he's got mm-hmm. a bright future is what i'm saying from one from kind. one projection I, i'm putting him in my on my draft board pretty high up let's just say that yeah i mean nobody's nobody's writing articles about him yet but you know right. who knows who knows what if you found out i was writing articles about <laughs> scouting uh. reports on your kids <laughs> Yeah, I had a. I used to have in my room growing up. You may have had one of these, but it was like one of those fake, as a fake Dallas Morning News headline about future star. I think that was like a big thing in our parents' generation. To, they would like buy those fake headlines for the kids of like you know yeah. SMU coach is interested in future star. Blah 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 blah. I definitely thought that was real until I was like in an appropriate age, <laughs> like an age where I definitely thought should have known that it was not real. And I think I asked my mom, and she was like, "What?" <laughs> But yeah, yeah, mom, you never told me that. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> so at what age did you decide that the Dallas Morning Star had not written an article about? <laughs> I was probably like, I probably figured it out when I was in like junior high. Okay, that's good. That seems, but it still seems, <laughs> that still seems high. That's pretty old. Yeah. Like I'm almost able to drive at that point, And I still think that like, I'm waiting, you... on, I'm waiting on a coach to call me and be like, I've really noticed that you're not hitting your potential is what we thought. <laughs> Did you think they were there were people at your games? Well, no, because it was written when I was like when I was born. It was like a <laughs> it was like a birth announcement, is what it was. It was a birth announcement, like, hey, we we had a kid, but instead it was written through the like headline of like sports prodigy is born. So in this scenario, there is a recruiter who just kind of goes and sits and looks through the window and then in the newborn ward, and they sort of are like, Oh, look at the feet on that one. I was a kid. It didn't have to make sense. You just I'm think, just trying oh, to I'm imagine. S- I'm special. I'm just trying to imagine how it actually go. Cause I think that's probably got to be the future, right? It's certain, you know, they, 
like they keep recruiting younger and younger sort of right you hear about like a a 13 year old who's getting offers from alabama and stuff or coming on visits so like you know was where's the end of that well first of all to that point not first of all just to that point the joke is really on my dad because no college coach is going to look at my or would have looked at my dad and say and say you know what that boy's son is going to be a specimen which like if it's lebron james like if you find out lebron james is having a boy Mm-hmm. If I'm a, if if I'm the, the coach of Ohio State football team, which I don't even yeah. know who that is right now, I'm like, hey LeBron, your kid has, has a full ride, brother. <laughs> like, I mean, that's you, a safe bet too because yeah. you're gonna get a lot of booster money out of LeBron anyway. So even if his kid stinks and just sits rides the bench, you're gonna get a lot of booster money out of it. Yeah, there was a there was a a corner, not a not a quarter, but a guy who played in the secondary on defense, a cornerback, uh, Aaron Ross, who played at Texas, who then played in the league for a while. His wife is an, an Olympic sprinter, like their kid. It's like, yeah, scholarship. Absolutely. You just let me know when they're ready to come to school here. But uh, I don't think, I don't think Bo's going to have those same opportunities. <laughs> Something tells me. My guy Shohei Otani. That's what I discovered in the home run derby this year is that his dad played like semi-pro baseball and his mother, I think was a professional badminton player. Oh. So, you know, the hand-eye coordination out of this world. It's always the mom, man. It's always, yeah. the, always the mom. But anyway, um, okay. So oh yeah, for, sorry, sorry. The show, so, I have not so seen Bo it. So Bo Burnham, it's called Inside. Uh, it is very strange and incredible so he the, <laughs> the premise the premise of it basically is he i i don't i haven't read enough to know fully but the setup at least in the show is that he has locked himself like in a room for a year and he creates this special that is non you know lots of weird transitions like it's there's not like a thread it's just whatever he made during that year all mashed together he filmed it all he he you know film directed written edited he did everything all the lights everything everything it's unbelievable and it's also so in a very funny way it's so damning of basically like all digital culture that and and a lot of his angle is like talking about what's happening to kids obviously and everybody's done an angle on it but somehow in this weird musical comedy show it struck such chords that Cass and I were sitting on the couch audibly being like a a segment would end and we'd just like oh my gosh oh my gosh I'm like reevaluating my whole life at this (laughs) point I don't know what to do with this information this is insane this big wind up is for the prompt of like what and I've thought about this in different instances but like what are we supposed to do with our kids to not have them be completely broken by the digital world, but also not be like this inept person who can't interact in that world because that is the world and that's where business will happen. And that's where, you know, everything. So like, how do you, how do you have somebody who's not riddled with, because that's the other thing too, for him, like, there's this other really interesting piece where it's like, he's very open about like what it's doing to his mental health to do this too along the way and you're so you're left with this like thing that's this side by side of wow this is like amazing like if you were to put if you were to just show me this this imagery and and not have it be funny i would say this is unbelievable art if you were to just play this song for me i'd say this is an incredible song if you just played this comedy to me i would say that's hilarious comedy and it's and you leave going this guy is a genius and 
along the way, he is unraveling as a person. So there's this like side by side thing that's going, that's showing you the cost sort of, of this genius. But anyway, so, so all that to say is like, he just keeps presenting this thing in, in so many different ways where it's like, yeah, we're stuck. We're, we're like at a place where we, we can't go backwards really. And what is happening to me inside this room is what's happening to kids all over the place. So, so what are we supposed to do with this, this, this reality, which is that they have to be able to navigate this world and that being in this world will probably do uh, what it did to Bo being in this space by himself for so long. So Corey, just solve that one for me. If you could, I think it should take about three minutes or so. If you want to just unpack that and kind of just tell us what it is we're supposed to do. Everybody's got their notepads out and they're ready and they're listening. Yeah. Um, I, I guess before I do, I got five or six notifications while you were going through the little monologues. <laughs> Let me check my phone real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean this is this is a tricky one. I mean this is why I feel like every parent I know is trying to avoid technology for as long as possible with their kids. It's just their breaking point is different mostly for their own sanity of like mm-hmm. okay, we're going on a road trip, give them the iPad. You know, right. we're like and as an aside, we went on a road trip recently and Bo doesn't have an iPad and it was pretty amazing to me how like easy it was for him to cope. Like we were really worried about him in the car. Like he just occupied his time just sitting there really easily. Now, yeah. Caitlin would disagree. She would say you were driving and I was working my ass off trying to keep this kid entertained. <laughs> so there might be a, there might be a little slightly different story depending on who you're talking to. But, but anyway, obviously no pr- previous generation had them and we turned out fine. It's really tricky. Cause you're right. Like these kids are digital natives. They live in a digital world, you know, blah, blah, blah all the cliches. And so they need to know, they need to, they need to be a part of that world. They need to interact with that world. They need to know how to exist within it. But at the same time, like it's hugely damaging. I do think they're going to be more evolved when, than we are in that regard. I think that they are going to be able to recognize that more than we are. Cause it's like our generation grew up without it. Every generation before us grew up without it. And so we've become addicted to it. And it's a true addiction versus like for them, it's like this thing that will always be there and yes there can be addictive properties to it but it's just it's always there i i think the realities are sort of multiple i think they'll be better at like pushing away and creating space like you're already seeing this movement toward you know putting your phone away detox vacations all those kinds of things but i also think it's going to be i mean this is the boring shit but i do think it's going to have to like be up to the people that govern to create rules about like endless scroll and some of the things that tech companies have created that allow us to just mindlessly continue to seek and just all those different things and algorithms that feed us, keep us in our own sort of news bubble and, you know, the, the ability to, to spread fake news and all these different things that were sort of are symptoms of this bigger issue. You're going to have to have legislators step in and start to manage some of that stuff but my hope is that they'll be more adaptable i guess that's my overall takeaway is that you protect your kids as long as you can you can't avoid it forever and you just hope that their generation is more adaptable better at dealing with it than we were yeah maybe that's a non-answer no i don't think it's a non-answer at all i feel like maybe we do like a commune kind of situation (laughs) maybe burn your phones burn your phones I'm surprised you don't have what's the um 
what's the phone? I get Instagram ads for it all the time. That's like, um, oh, the like non phone, the, the light phone. It's like all it does is take calls, or at least that was originally. Now they've like added things to it because they're learning that people like need it to do other things. But um, I yeah, don't. I, I haven't been given that ad. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's 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 something I like. Just, Every time I see you, I just am waiting for you to be like, so I got rid of my iPhone. I now have a light phone and I love it. It's changed my life. What the fuck are you doing with your life? I just, well, no, I mean, I just, you know, cause for it's sort of, we've talked about this and other things before where it's like, I feel like a lot of our job is to try to go into the places before our kids and figure some of this stuff out. And I can't figure it out for myself. Like I, I don't, I'm not enjoying myself. And yet I just have this like, pull where i just anytime my computer buffers for a second my phone is out immediately and i'm just on instagram or whatever messing around my kids doing something like watching something boring i have it out like it's just it's so compulsive for me and and i hate that about myself like i really i it's like it feels like such a thing and it's also i try to be like look it's also like experts creating this set up like they're they know what they're doing they understand the psychology and their whole purpose is to get you to stay wherever you're staying for as long as possible so it's like if you can give them just a little little boost here and there then like i'll i'll keep coming back or whatever and it's like even just when you get the like weekly reports of how much you're on your phone i'm like every time i see it i'm like oh my gosh like i know that that was probably 25 times at three minutes a piece but like oh man, like, uh, why can't I just sit there for a second and like have a thought? And, and is that why I feel so tired at the end of every day is because I've crammed every second with something in there. So it's like, it's just one of those where I go, if I were creating the playbook for my kids. So again, they're too young right now. They don't, that we just, our battles are just about watching stuff, but it's like, if I were having to create the playbook now of like what's the right thing to do i can't figure it out for myself yet so it's like I, I don't know it was just somehow that they just presented it in such a way where you know it was even like he presented one of the pieces as that like the digital world was the real world and that the other things in your life were like nuisances in the way to get back to that place sort of and i was like not all the time but there's some days where that's sort of what it feels like where you're just like oh eh, well, I, I just like to get back to the place where i can like mindlessly entertain myself or whatever it might be and i think i think maybe maybe a, a slightly different answer than the, the one i gave previously and maybe but maybe a more hopeful one or maybe with some i don't know some more substance i do think like it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a consumption culture right and we like it has just expedited that consumption culture. At least that's what it is for our generation. Because I think that media consumption for us was you sit down in front of a television and then it was you plop down in front of a computer and you search um, or you or you get on YouTube. It, but it was all sort of passive consumption, passive consumption, because the bar was so high, like I was never going to write for Sesame Street or I was never going to, you know, no one's going to ask me to do a, a guest column on for like the Dasmore News, the New York Times or whatever publication I'm reading or create a TV show. Like the bar production was so high that the everyday person is not, it's never entering my mind to create. I think the difference now for the younger generation is they have full permission and in fact are, a, are it, it is an excuse for creation. And so I think that like TikTok, for, for, for instance, is a perfect example of this, of just 
I see TikTok and it's just like, what are these videos? I don't get it. Some are funny. There's good dancing, like whatever, whatever. I don't understand it. Whereas young people, they see this, this platform where yes, a lot of it is copycatting, but it's okay. A new song came out. Let's do our dance to it. Or let's create a dance to it. Or let's find somebody who created a cool dance and do that. Or like, Hey, I have something to teach. I'm going to teach it on this platform or, um, I have a, you know, a political statement that I want to make. I'm going to do it here. Or I just have something funny or magic tricks or whatever. So I, I, I do think there is now it's not universal. I don't think everybody's doing that, but I do think that they sort of see this platform now as an opportunity to create. It's an invitation to create and maybe have their voice heard in some small way. It's not really any different than what we're doing with podcasting, right? No, I mean, there's nobody that's saying, Hey, Scott and Corey, I want to hear what you have to say about a given topic. It's just us saying, Hey, let's have a conversation and put it out there and maybe it'll help people. Maybe it won't. So that's, that's my more optimistic view is whereas like the millennial generation, our generation has, and those above us have more of a consumption oriented mindset. My hope is that the younger generations have a more creation oriented mindset um, where it's actually feeling discovery and sharing and connections and all that kind of stuff. My fear with that and I would say with my own life, where that becomes problematic is I feel like every day I'm losing my footing on like my own prioritization or values. I just turn to these things to like present content to me. And that sort of dictates my journey for the day. And that's the thing that drives me nuts is when I step back and I go like, I look back six months, it's like I had all these books that I wanted to read and all these podcasts I wanted to listen to. But instead, I just get up in the morning and open up my Instagram and like whatever thing hits me first, that's the rabbit hole I go down. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this totally unadulterated, uncontrolled, well, controlled by someone, not me, you know, some, some sort of AI uh, or ag- algorithm. That, and that's how I spend my time. That's what freaks me out is, yeah. is the lack of like intentionality over like personal development, personal growth, mm-hmm. personal learning. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope for that optimistic take too. I think the... The flip side of that too is then, I don't know, when you don't get the validation immediately, does that, does that take you out of doing something you just love to do? And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's a hurdle forever. Like it's, it's not as if, you know, let's say you put together a stand up show and you finally got a venue to do it and you stunk and you're not only not getting validation, you're getting active, whatever, that you're going to have to persevere through that if that's what something you want to do anyway. So maybe that doesn't matter. But I just don't, I, I wish there was an opt out option. I wish there was a way of just saying like, sort of we've talked about a lot, like a lot of things like religion or whatever it is, like, I wish there was a way to say, like, you have a choice in this, like you can, here's what this thing is, here is the, here's the pluses, and here's the minuses. And at a certain point, it's going to be your choice as far as how you interact with this or how you don't interact with this or how much, what percentage of your life lives in this space. But I don't think there is. So I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I wonder, I've had this thought at one point, and I feel like I may have even said it on this podcast, but I wonder, I wonder about this idea of, do you think that just because kind of like every generation at a certain point, like has to sort of like counter the previous generation, like they have to do something that is like against it or like different like will there because things are so cyclical will there be a moment where it's been long enough since sort of that like tech moment that it becomes like a fad to dismiss it or like get off of it or like with how everything is completely global and touchable 
seemingly six inches away from you, no matter wherever it's happening in the world. Like, will there be a, a shrinking at some point? Like, will there be like, oh, well, I'm super into my town or my neighborhood or like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder about that sometimes. And I, I would be stoked about it if there was some sort of, you know, generation that that the norm becomes this digital world. And so the counterculture has to then be pushed back against that in some way. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think, I think we've seen that a little bit already in terms of like just because identity has become so important to people and when you have a bunch of people that because of the internet their humor is becoming increasingly similar and their experiences are becoming increasingly similar or in some ways completely sort of bifurcated because of just sort of the i guess the bifurcation of the media landscape because there's so many different youtube channels you can consume now versus like 25 television channels so it's sort of this it's sort of both but you, you have seen sort of like along with globalization, because I guess where I was going initially, because identity is so important, you've seen sort of a return to local pride, which is why you've seen so many companies, you know, with their like town's name as like the sort of beginning of them, because sort of a sense of place has become important to people. And it sort of distinguishes them from the sort of generic online culture. So I think there is some of that. But I think what you're describing previously, I guess, and a lot's been written about this, this is not my original ideas. I think I don't think it's necessarily pushing back against the like previous generation because there's no real relationship there except for where the two meet, you know. I think it's probably a pushback against your parents' generation. So it probably skips one. And it's the rebellion against your parents, which is why I have hope for my kids because I think they're going to look at me and go, man, dad, you're really fucked up because you, everything on you buzzes and tells you that you need to do something and that there's something waiting to be read. And I met a kid now, like one of the most, and we've talked about this, but one of the heartbreak, most heartbreaking thing my kid can do is pull my phone down from my face. Yeah. You know, like that is, that is just, when that happens and unfortunately it doesn't happen that often or jumping on me and like jumping on t- like over my phone so that they mm-hmm. like get my full attention. Like that is, that is heartbreaking and yeah. I try to avoid that as much as possible, but I think they're going to see that and they're going to want to avoid it as much as possible. It's just the same way that our generation wants to avoid racism and homophobia and, and all these different things that we saw our parents sort of um, normalize in some ways, um, whether intentionally or not intentionally. Uh, so my hope for that, um, that's again, that's uh, I'm an optimist, Scott. I'm an optimist. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I hope for that, too, because I I had the same thought like that was uh, it's like if there was one idea I wanted to hold in my mind as far as motivation to to act in some sort of different way or to figure it out for myself, it's that I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I sort of if you were to ask me to like picture default images of my dad, like if you were just saying not a specific memory, but you're just pulling a generic image of my dad, like I have some that would be in my head, right? So like my dad liked to read a lot. So I picture him like laying on the love seat and reading. And like sometimes that was even like while we were all watching TV or something like that, he like wasn't interested in that or like uh, might be like shooting baskets in the driveway or something like that. Like I have these like default images of my dad. I would feel like I failed in life if one of if, if my kids image of me was with a phone in my hand. Like if their default image of their dad was like phone dad, like that, that yeah, I, or, or on the couch, like popped on the couch in front of a television street, like binging Netflix. Right. Right. Good yeah. God. That would feel like I really blew it. 
you know, if they were to describe me that that would be somewhere in their description, that, that is like one of the most immediately sobering things to hold in my own mind. It's to just be like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to be phone dad. Yeah. Well, and actually just because of the pandemic, we had to not only become content with, but I had to actively convince myself that it was okay to just like binge Netflix every night because we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And so we had to do this mental trick where it's like, I know this is not okay, but it has to be okay because it's all I can do. And so therefore like you have to be content with it. So now it's like, okay, I'm vaccinated. Cases are dropping. I can actually go places, but I don't because I'm so used to doing this. Mm -hmm. And I, and like the whole time I should have been like plotting. I should have been like, okay, so as soon as this is over, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And it's just not my natural like position now to be like, all right, what are we doing this week with my kids? What are we doing tonight when they get home from school? Like, how are we spending our time? And I find myself being like, okay, so the nightly routine is usually Bill gets home from school. I pop in front of the television and put some food in front of them. It's like, okay, so how do we break that? Mm-hmm. The television needs to go off. We need to sit at the table and needs to eat and ideally talk to me. Like, how do you, so how it, but if there's all these like bad habits that we've created. So I'm with you, man. I, I, I worry about that tremendously. Caitlin puts more pressure on me because she exercises all the time and our kids see it. So she already has that thing that I know our kids yeah. remember. I remember mom exercising in the living yep. room. It's like, yep. God damn it. So mine is going to be my big ass belly, just leaning, <laughs> leaning heavy on the leather couch with, with something streaming. Hey, core. Hey, Scott. Ooh, I can't smell a thing because my sinuses are insane, (laughs) but I'm going to take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) And if I even, if if I even try to sniff, you're not going to like what you hear. So I'm (laughs) going to just give us one. (laughs) Just give us one. We need the audio. It's just going to hurt. It's going to hurt so bad. That wasn't even that was a that was a weak one. Just it Ugh. was it was pretty foul on this end. Let was, me tell you, <laughs> that was deeper. It's deeper in my sciences. That was pretty foul on this end. I don't think anybody's <laughs> gonna nobody's gonna be disappointed. But it is that time. It is time to take the lid off the crock pot and get in there with some questions. Hope it's from, spicy from other dads around the globe. So this question comes to us from Stephen from Texas. This is kind of a long one, but but stay with me because I, I, like, I like the details of this one. So this is Stephen in Texas says, not sure if this is a question, but I find myself struggling a little. My wife and I have a nine-month-old daughter. We both are teachers slash coaches and are, are at home for the summer. We have a ton of time to spend with her before school starts, which is great. The part I'm struggling with is my value to the parenting operation. My wife is still breastfeeding, so she gets a lot of one-on-one time with our daughter My wife pretty much rocks her to sleep at night while she feeds, so I lose some interaction time. But I just don't know if I'm doing enough for my wife and my daughter. I do my best to feed, prepare her solid foods, and clean up around the house. Also, I've made bath time, daddy-daughter time, but I'm just not sure that I'm doing enough. So a, a similar thread and something that we've touched on in some ways before, but Stephen in Texas is just, you know, having this feeling of he's got a young kid and there's breastfeeding. So there's this interaction happening there and, and he's sort of not feeling like he's maybe doing enough or, or he's struggling with that. So what do we do core? Sorry. Caleb was yelling at me to take my shoes off. 
<laughs> is, is Steven, is he, I just missed the age of his child. Nine months? Nine, nine months. months. Nine wow. months. Still, still breastfeeding. So yeah. I came so. inside to escape the cicadas <laughs> or rattlesnake, depending Petey. on your perspective. And I, Petey the rattlesnake. My, my wife is going to chase me out of the house. So <laughs> we're really in between spots here to, uh, to just to have this pods, Scott. Which is anyway. more on real wife or a rattlesnake? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll both let you know it's coming, but uh, you know, which one's bite is more deadly, I guess what I would say. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, they, they both kill through the heart, Scott. You know, <laughs> rattlesnakes really... through toxicity of to the blood, and the wife just through emotional heartache. So yeah, so Steven. He's got a breastfeeding daughter, and of course, his his wife's interaction is really significant during that time. He's trying to do his part. He's trying to clean up and do the parts he can, but he's sort of just feeling like maybe he's not doing enough. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think there's a, a lot happening. I mean, I think first of all, I don't know if it's first. It sounds like maybe first child. You know, I I felt a connection to Bo. Well, he, the question is not connection. The question is 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 doesn't feel like he's doing enough. So let me not answer the wrong question you're kind of at that stage especially if your wife is still breastfeeding where she's she's doing most of the heavy lifting it's just the way that it is unfortunately and there's definitely like a spectrum of dad help and every relationship is different and i have friends that the dad doesn't help hardly at all and they're content and happy i don't know how that's possible (laughs) but it is and then i have dads who are far more useful than i am and their partner still gets very upset about them not helping enough. Um, so there's a full range there. You're, you're at that stage too. Nine months is really hard because at right about, I feel like at least for us, it was like 10, 11, 12 months. So there's light, light in the tunnel. Noises start being made. Hand gestures start being made. Attempts to stand and walk. Like real human interaction starts. Shouldn't call it real inter- human interaction. It's like a, <laughs> it's like interaction with Be a, a totally, person. Yeah, totally unsophisticated, like something that has the intelligence of a small dog or something. <laughs> but it starts to become real. Like I think, as as the, someone who doesn't have that physical connection, I do think um, they're not latching. For instance, uh, it, it becomes more real at that point. So that I mean, from an, I feel like there's sort of two questions you're asking. It's like I don't feel like it's this emotional connection, and I don't feel like I'm helping as much the other thing i would just say is like which i'm terrible at this is this is this again falls into the category of do do as i say not as i do find ways to support your wife like forget about the kid like find ways to like make your wife feel loved or helped or taken care of and even if it's not helping with the baby if it's taking out the trash or cleaning the dishes or making a meal or something finding finding things to do that so that she does not have to do them is probably hugely helpful and also finding ways for her to get more sleep that's all i got I think that's solid. I think Steven's in good hands and I'm not going to say anything at all. Anyway, so this is the end of No, <laughs> no I, I remember having those same feelings and just kind of like, even just, I remember having feelings also of just, I don't know anything about baby. You know, I didn't have babies around me ever until I had yeah. my own. So I just felt way out of my depth. And so I didn't know any of the rules really. I, I read a little bit, but probably not enough. And so it was like one of those where I, it was, it was kind of like watching this operation happening that you don't understand how it works. You're not that vital to it, uh, or you don't feel that way at the moment. And you're like, something really hard is happening and I'm not that much help. I, I can try, you know, I think I sort of stumbled into the, like, I'm better without, with less sleep. So I feel like that was kind of what I, 
landed on as my contribution was like, okay, if there's a like suck it up moment for sleep, I will take that one because I can function a little bit better without sleep than my wife. So that's kind of, but no, I mean, I had those very same feelings. And I think, I mean, I think with all of it, it's like if you can funnel it into trying in some way, right? Like, I mean, it sounds like you're already doing that, Stephen, for sure. But it's like, if it could be funneled into, like you said, more cleaning, more just prepping stuff for your wife, more like just so that that really challenging and taxing act of just like being somebody's sole food supply and like being needed all the time. If you cannot add to that by adding to that burden with like all the things that you need from your wife and then any ways that you can help I'm sure will be very appreciated but again I think like Corey said earlier I think you should be nice to yourself Stephen because I think again I if you if you're using that energy for good then great but I think if you're holding on to that energy and you're already contributing what you can contribute then you know, then maybe this is also just a phase that you just got to ride out and say, there's going to be a certain point where things can be more even where mom doesn't have to be the full provider of all things right now. And I'll do what I can until then. And then I'll know that I have an opportunity to pick up more of the slack at that point. But now again, to Corey's point, not that I've always done that, or that I'm proud of my, my uh, contributions all the time. But I feel like if you're using the guilt for good, then great. If you're using if the guilt is, is tearing you down, and you're doing your best, then I think drop it, leave it at the door, you know, just, yeah, just know this is a phase. Yeah, here's, here's some more advice uh, that I did actively use on my own, but I think it's good <laughs> advice. Uh, figure out what the next stage is and do, do the work because I think that's like the, that's always, I feel like that always fell on, on Caitlin and I, I, I should have been more helpful and like always knowing what's next, always knowing like, cause it'll force you to feel like you're a part of it at that mm-hmm. point. Cause you're, you're getting out in front of it. So if it's introducing solid foods and what types of foods should that be? Or, you know, if it's like, you know, certain games for when they pull up or their coordination is improving or whatever, like whatever your pediatrician's guide to like personal growth or motor skills or whatever it is, like figure out what those things are and just like be intentional about helping each other learn. I think I didn't do enough learning uh, on, on, on uh, our family's behalf. I feel uh, so maybe that's a, maybe that's, that's advice I would give. That's That's good. Yeah. Our pediatrician just told us like the give them old sort of like tuna fish cans and like sticks and stuff. And that that was really good for like their dexterity and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I collected a lot of tuna cans, like some were ours and some were the neighbors and some were whatever. And then just like a lot of sharp sticks for them to play with too. Cause that's the thing. The, the greatest lesson you can learn is one that's taught by pain. You know what I mean? So like if you accidentally poke yourself with a sharp stick, then you learn that you shouldn't do that again, right? That's right. That's right. Lozenges, God, great for kids. You Absolutely. Know? Especially young ones. You know, they uh-huh. dissolve very slowly. And uh, and they're delicious. And they're That's delicious. The and they yeah. have medicine in them. Right. So, uh, All in the plus column. drops, man. Get in All there. All in the plus column. <laughs> It's probably some legal thing here that I should say. That is a. <laughs> Those are all jokes. Please Those don't are all do jokes. Any. Don't do any of those things. Those we care jokes. about children's welfare. All right. We want to go on record. <laughs> Did I, I, the like for some reason the imagery of the tuna can just sent me down a whole rabbit hole. Did you ever watch that 
movie it was called Babies. It was a documentary. Oh, on Netflix? Probably. By the way, where do like, I, hey, inside from earlier, where do I watch it? It's on Netflix. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Babies. I, yeah, I, I, start, I started it. I started it. That's all I can say yeah, about it. Yeah, that's fair. I saw it probably 10 years ago. So this okay. may be a different one. And it was, it was it's four babies in like different countries. Oh no, never mind. Different different okay. show. Different this show. This one was this one was called Babies. It was a documentary. There was four babies being raised in four different countries. It was like Japan, Mongolia, Namibia, and San Francisco or something like that. And so it was just like following them for their first year and all all of the cultural influences on on their development. And boy, I tell you what, that Namibian baby could do buku more than any of those other babies like it was <laughs> crazy how much better that baby was than any of those other babies like i think the mongolian baby they swaddle for a really long time and i probably just because it gets really cold but so like their develop like their physical development was way behind all the other babies whereas the namibian baby literally like i don't know it was some crazy it was like by seven months it was it was putting a tuna can on its head and balancing it and walking around. And you're like, <laughs> what the, what the? It was like throwing rocks by eight months or something, like with some level of accuracy. It was like, <laughs> dang, dude. Uh, man. But anyway, yeah. So Namibian babies for life is what I'm saying. Because if there's they're a superior, superior baby out there, if you're, you know. Uh, that's gonna be the next tiger mom series yeah but what do you reckon you think it's about time to uh let them go back to their little places that the meatballs live yeah you know maybe maybe so those were those a delicious delicious set of meatballs I couldn't smell it but they didn't somehow didn't keep it from tasting <laughs> delectable it's funny because you know the olfactory system is so t- so tethered to taste but those meatballs were so good that Dude, it didn't a, even matter. I've had a weird thing this week where uh, I, I'll be eating stuff and then I'll breathe, like I'll exhale, mm-hmm. and that's when I taste it. Oh, weird. It's just something about my sinuses. Like I can't breathe in, but I can breathe out. I don't know uh-huh. what in the world is happening up there. Huh. So like I'll, I'll be chewing on something. I'm like, oh, I should have just had like a carrot because I can't taste it. And then uh, I'll, br- I'll breathe out. And it's like, there it is. All right. <laughs> Labor. Thanks for being here. We uh, hope the crock pot was flavorful on the inhale and the exhale for all you meatballs yeah, out there. Let's, let's just hope. Uh, so yeah, meatballs. Thanks for listening. I'm going to ask again, just this time. It's been a minute since I asked if it, you know, hopefully we've gotten better since the beginning. And if you're on this ride, uh, hopefully you agree with that. And that's maybe the reason you're still listening. If that's the case and you were not sure about sending the, an episode to somebody, if you wouldn't mind sending this one to somebody, that would be, our favorite thing in the whole world. If you were just like, Hey, humor me, check this thing out. It's pretty, it's pretty okay. They're, they're all right. You know, whatever it is, that would be great. That would be appreciated. Uh, send us your questions for the crock pot, send them to dad's a spicy meatball at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Instagram or Facebook and uh, let us know what you're working through so we can talk about it on the show. Thanks to Nick Shields of the band Odd Folks for our theme music. It's great tunes to listen to at any time of day or night. Did you hear how musical that was? That was so musical. You know, Uh, thank you to Julie Hartman for our artwork. It is great. Uh, And then, uh, as always, 
thank you to you, you snotty mess. <laughs> <laughs> what you can't see, listeners, that I'm over here on mute, just just slathering my face with paper towels, trying to remove all. <sighs> I mean, I'm proud of you for powering through this one. We we had some hurdles. Hopefully, this week. I sound okay. I'm tr- I'm really trying. I'm trying to. to alter my voice a little bit I'm trying mm-hmm. to be as unnasal as possible mm-hmm. trying to keep my nasal cavity clear in between sure. opening my mouth i mean it was uh, very resonant i felt moved by everything good. you said today i good. felt that it was deep in your chest is where <laughs> i felt it <laughs> yeah that's exactly where it is that's where the whole cold is scott that's what's deep in my chest i heard your my... chest cold in everything you said which was yeah, great which was awesome <laughs> Well, what do you think? Next week? Next week. Let's let's do it again. All right. Toodles. Bye-bye.